You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I am your host, Stephen Simcox, and uh, happy early National Signing Day to you and yours. Um, first signing day, there's another one in February, but this has really become, in the last few years, it's only been around for the last few years, honestly, but lately especially, this has become the time for uh, a lot of recruits to go ahead and get that signing out of the way, get it done. Um, a lot of kids enroll early now. They're trying to get on the field. They're trying to get in the classroom, get on the practice field, go through spring ball uh, with their teammates. That's sort of the popular trend now. So you're going to see a lot of signings tomorrow from schools across the country. And, of course, we're going to zero in on what that means for TCU. As it stands right now, the 2022 football class, TCU has eight commits. Um, a small class, we kind of knew that going in, given the coaching change. They've had to really sort of build this from the ground up in the couple of weeks that they've had an opportunity to do something. Um, that class sits at 66th in the country and 9th in the Big 12. So from a rankings perspective, not necessarily a huge class by any means, but again, only eight commits so far. We'll see if they can add a couple folks uh, into the fold tomorrow. The class is headlined by Jordan Hudson, wide receiver from Garland, four-star Chase Biddle, a four-star safety, who's also from Garland. TC also capitalized on some uh, people that flipped from SMU. Um, Michael Ibun Okode will be uh, an edge rusher from Rowlett, Texas. He was originally an SMU commit that committed in December. They recently added Chiron Chambers, a corner, who's a three-star defensive back out of South Oak Cliff. Oak Cliff playing for a state title this week. Chambers is six-foot-tall. 195 pounds. Josh Hoover, Rockwall Heath quarterback, was a recent flip. Rockwall Heath uh, has been putting up points at a crazy rate as of late, the last few seasons. Uh, he's 6'1", 206. He's a three-star quarterback. He committed in the month of December. And then also Paul Awale, defensive lineman from Langham Creek, which is down in the Houston area. Good frame on uh, Awale, 6'4", 250 pounds. Three-star commit, again, on Langham Creek. So two defensive linemen, two defensive backs. Um, really and truly only one wide receiver in Jordan Hudson, even though they're expecting maybe some more opportunities tomorrow. A couple other guys to watch tomorrow. Now, the, the six that I named there are commits that I feel like, as, as of the time I'm recording this, I feel pretty good about. I feel like whether TCU gets some sign tomorrow or gets some sign in February, they're going to be on campus, you know, in the spring or in the fall, wearing a TCU uniform. Now, A.J. Allen, who's an interesting guy, he's he's a really, really fast kid. He's 5'11", 182. He's a running back out of Monroe, Louisiana. He didn't really have a lot of attention, attention on him, excuse me, early in the recruiting process. TCU sort of got in on him early, got him committed. And he stayed committed even with the staff transition. But there's been other schools that have been in the mix. He apparently had an opportunity to go take a visit to Alabama, which he didn't end up doing. We know that he took a visit to Mississippi State last weekend, and there's um, some rumors out there that he might end up at Mississippi State. So we'll see if he ends up signing with TCU. Uh, this would be, I mean, at the end of the day, it's one player, right? But I think it'd be important for TCU to keep him around just because of the upside there with the speed 
and the ability to make people miss. He put some pretty crazy numbers in high school. And it's a guy that even though the new staff didn't necessarily do a lot of the legwork on him, um, it's just a dude that you identified, you sort of spotted early before some other schools swooped in. So it's always unfortunate when somebody else comes in and gets that player after you sort of felt like you were laying the groundwork. Another name to watch, Major Everhart. Uh, he's another running back from Amarillo. Again, a speedster, a three-star, 5'11", 170. And he recently went on a visit to Texas Tech. And Texas Tech also went through a coaching change. And Joey McGuire has been really hitting the ground running. They've taken in a lot of kids. Now, here's what I'll say. I think there's, there's two different approaches if you're a new staff and you're coming in. And it's worth noting that Texas Tech has had more time than TCU. But you can just be the team that's going to offer everybody, try to get as many bodies in there as possible, right? Like, hey, let's, let's, try, to, let's try to find a way to get to 2022 commits. And that's a way to get your rankings bumped up. Because, I mean, the more players you have, just the more talent you have, the better you're going to do from a you know, 247 composite ranking standpoint. TCU has seemed to be a little more deliberate about this. They've also had less time than Texas Tech, but it's just kind of interesting to watch the different approaches um, that these two staffs have taken. Some other names to watch. Um, Justin Medlock is a linebacker from Manville. He, on social media, has been tweeting out some TCU stuff recently. Um, he might end up as a horn frog tomorrow or maybe later on, but that's a name to keep in mind. Another three-star defensive player, and that's Justin Medlock from Manville. Uh, and once again, that's in the Houston area. TCU seems to be doing a good job making the rounds there and making up some ground uh, in, in that part of the state. Um, Matthew Golden today, he went ahead and committed to Houston. Uh, Golden is from Houston. He's a four-star wide receiver. Um, a loss for TCU. You know, thought that was a guy they might end up getting, but he's going to move on and go to uh, Houston instead. He's going to stay at home. So best of luck to him. But that's the name if you were expecting him. He was at one time a TCU commit, then he decommitted when the staff changed. And unfortunately, it looks like they could not find a way to uh, get him back. Um, let's see, other names to watch tomorrow. Uh, there's the, the nose tackle that I wanted to highlight, um, Dominic Richards. He is uh, he was originally a Cal commit, big kid in the middle, over 300 pounds. And he decommitted from Cal uh, yesterday. Dominic Williams, excuse me. He decommitted from Cal yesterday. And... Word is he might end up at TCU. We'll see. He was visiting uh, on campus this past weekend. But Dominic Wilson Williams, big nose tackle. Um, he might end up at TCU, even though he was originally committed to Cal. Just uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow or today if you're listening. Um, but he's going to be huge because, like, in, in this 3-3-5 scheme that TCU wants to run, um, you need a big nose tackle. And I don't really know who they have on the roster right now that fits that profile. Uh, I would argue that they don't really have anybody that fits that profile at the moment. So if you can get him in the fold, that's at least somebody, okay, Joe Gillespie can start to develop and uh, get involved and maybe can find a way to get him um, – coached up in time to make an impact, if not this year, the next year. 
uh, excuse me, he's 6'2", 325 pounds. He's from Mission Hills, California, and Bishop Albany is the high school that he's from. So we'll see if he ends up at TCU. That seems to be what the people are saying right now. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk some more TCU football. I actually have something I want to hit on next that's a little bit different than recruiting, but we're going to try to cover that as closely as we can over the next few days. Again, Locked On Horned Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, back here on Locked On Horned Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Another guy I want to talk about that's going to be part of this 2022 class, just in a different capacity than these high school players, is uh, Terrence Cooks. He is originally a linebacker from Shadow Creek, was a 2021 player, so was a true freshman this past season, committed to Texas. When he committed to Texas, he was a four-star prospect. I didn't really play much last year. Decides to transfer. TCU got him to commit, so he appears to be part of this 2022 class as a transfer, immediately eligible. Um, all the good stuff. So you have a guy that's going to come in and can make plays immediately. 6'2", 218 pounds, good frame. Um, obviously, you know, Texas was on him. He was a highly rated recruit coming out of the Shadow Creek, which is one of the better programs in the Houston area. So that's exciting news. And you would think, you know, we'll see what what all happens to, today and in the coming months. But you would think TCU would be pretty heavy on the poor. Now, Sonny Dykes did a really good job of poaching kids out of the transfer portal when he was at SMU. And the pitch that he made um, was pretty simple. He basically got a lot of Texas kids, but especially Dallas-Fort Worth kids who were at Power 5 schools, didn't work out for whatever reason. Okay, hey, no problem. Come down here. Come to SMU. You can play immediately. You'll get a chance to be in the spotlight. You'll get a chance to get on the field. And that gave an immediate infusion of talent to SMU's program and I think allowed them to compete on a level they hadn't in a long time. Now, it's different at a Power 5 institution. I don't think you're going to take as many transfers. At least I would hope you wouldn't because you still want to build your program on, you know, 18-year-old kids who are going to stay for three or four years. However, I mean, this is the way of the world now. College football is basically just a big pot of unrestricted free agency in a lot of ways. So you, you have to know how to use it. You have to know how to use it well. And I'm curious to see how they fill holes on the roster. You know, one thing that sticks out is offensive line. They currently don't have an offensive lineman in this recruiting class. That's going to be huge. You need those guys. You need big physical guys up front. So do you go get some more experienced players that can come in and play right away? Well, that would be one way to fill, you know, that hole in the roster. I wonder this as well. The quarterback position is going to be fascinating. Sonny Dykes has scored points everywhere he's been. Um, he's been able to get quarterbacks to play well. He did a really nice job, again, with Tanner Mordecai, who was at Oklahoma and came to SMU. He did the same thing with Shane Bouchelle. You know, he turned he turned Jared Goff into a number one pick. He did some nice things with Davis Webb when he was at Cal. And I really like Max Duggan. Um, but I'm curious – if they're going to throw the ball more, if they're going to stretch the field more, which knowing what I know about Sonny Dykes, I think that's that will be the plan. I'm interested where he fits in. I know a lot of folks are very excited about Chandler Morris. I think he's got a lot of potential. I would just say he played one really good game, and then he got knocked around by a very good Oklahoma State defense. Now, that performance in itself didn't really do anything to change my mind about him because Oklahoma State did that just about everybody this year. But all I'm saying is just small sample size. He got injured. We really don't know 
what he's going to be on a consistent basis if he got consistent playing time. And those are your two guys. I mean, you also have Sam Jackson, who was a dynamic dual-threat quarterback in high school, got a little bit of run in that Oak State game as well, but then he had to leave because he had separated shoulder. And he's he's a small kid, I mean, honestly. And there's something going on with Sam. I know he posted on Instagram a while back that he had a family situation he had to take care of, so I don't really know exactly what his status is. Not trying to start rumors, I just know that that was out there and that it caused some panic amongst the fan base. But anyway, my point being, you're going to need depth at the QB position. Now, I got Josh Hoover coming in as a freshman from Rockwall Heath. But I wonder who you go get. Now, the problem with the quarterback position is these guys get picked up fast. Spencer Rattler's already at South Carolina. Um, Cameron Ward is a really intriguing player over at uh, Incarnate Word. He put up huge numbers there. He's throwing his hat in the ring now in the transfer portal, trying to get to Power 5 school. But it appears that Old Miss is really hot on the trail there. And I saw Max Olson from The Athletic say today that his family seems to be basically at the point where they're like, it's either going to be, you know, Old Miss or we kind of wait around a little bit. Um, so there's some names out there. If you're looking for a QB, it goes fast. Bo Nix is in the portal. But to be quite honest, I mean – Bo is sort of like Max. I mean, he's tough. He's hard-nosed. He's a great leader. He's very mobile, but he also struggles with consistency in throwing the football. Dylan Gabriel from UCF is um, a player that's out there, has a big, strong arm, put up some big numbers. Zach Calzada from Texas A&M, again, backup QB, came in early for Hanks King this year, had a great game against Bama, but also really struggled at times and, and didn't find a way to put together a full season. So, I don't think TCU needs to reach for a quarterback. But, I think even if it's just having a depth piece, that's going to be key. And I really want to see a full-out competition. Like, I I just, I want to see the slate clean. And I want to see, through spring ball and through fall practice, an opportunity for anyone and everyone on that roster that plays QB to get a chance to show what they have. Because... Are there other things that have to change? Yes. Definitely. Your O-line has to get better. Play calling has to get better. But I will say this. A good quarterback, in my best Matt Jennings impression, can cover a multitude of sins. Like an elite QB, a a QB that plays at an elite level, can cover up a lot of deficiencies. And that would be one way for TCU to get back to relevancy very quickly, is if they could have a signal caller that can make plays inside and outside the pocket. So we'll see what they do. One more note, and then I'll sign off for the day. Doug Meacham, officially going to stay on staff as a a receivers coach. I saw there were a lot of people that were unhappy about this news. Um, I am not a Doug Meacham fan as a play caller, but I think this is fine. I think this keeps some continuity on staff. I think if the kids like him, you know, he's been a coach for a long time. I'm sure he knows how to coach receivers. I'm not really worried about him staying on, and I like the potential of him maybe getting a fresh perspective with a new offensive staff coming in and being a part of that. That's going to do it for Locked On Horn Frogs. Thank you for joining us today. I'll be back tomorrow. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.